and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, tonight we continue our study of the book of Philippians, a book which we have seen gives us wonderful encouragements for how to live the Christian life, a word that gives us instruction, ethical exhortations, and a book that gives us beautiful statements of theology. A couple of weeks ago, looking at that beautiful Christological passage about Jesus taking on the form of man. Tonight's text is a little different. It reminds us that what we are reading is not simply a book of the Bible, but we are reading a letter. A letter from someone to someone. A letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. And that, that, that letter character uh, will come out tonight in this, in this particular portion of the book. In a letter, we often write about what's happening with us, maybe what's happening with our children, what's happening around us. We talk about the people in our lives. And that's what Paul does here. We might somewhat consider this Paul's missionary report back to the church, telling him about the people related to his ministry. I said it's, it's a little different type of text tonight, so perhaps it's a little different type of sermon tonight. Uh, a, a bit more narrative, talking about those related to the Apostle Paul and what they were doing in his life. But still in this text, we see a picture uh, of God's plan for the church, God's desire for the church, God's calling to work in the church. Tonight, we're going to look at two men, two kingdom workers. In some ways, these men are very, very different. In some ways, they are the same. They both have one passion and desire, that the mission of the gospel continue and that the gospel advance. Tonight, we look at Philippians 2 and, and two kingdom workers. The first we, are in, we have in our text tonight is Timothy, verse 19. I hope in the Lord to send Timothy to you soon that I too may be cheered by news of you. Now, this is not the first time we have heard of Timothy in this letter. Right at the beginning of the letter, we have reference to Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. And we talked about Timothy, who he was. Not the author of this letter, but very likely the one who wrote the letter down. Paul was the author, but he would dictate that letter, and, and Timothy would serve something as Paul's secretary. And his name even included in the letterhead, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. We read of Timothy elsewhere. In the scriptures. Timothy was a traveler. Timothy was a missionary. Back in Acts chapter 16, 
When Paul sets out on his second missionary journey, we read this. Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy. That's this Timothy. The son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, and his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him and took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Timothy was a missionary, a helper, a traveler, one who would travel with Paul also to Philippi and be part of the founding of this church. He was one of the, of the founders, along with Paul, of the Philippian church. Now, now Paul prepares to send Timothy back to them. But how does he describe Timothy? How does he describe his relationship with Timothy? In verse 22, For you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. Paul says, my relationship with Timothy is like a father and a son. And this isn't the only place that Paul says that. When he writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, we read these words, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, in the second letter to Timothy, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul's relationship to Timothy was like a father to a son. That's how precious Timothy was to him. He says, you know Timothy's proven worth. He had demonstrated himself to be faithful in the mission of the church, although Timothy was a younger man. Now, we don't know how young he was, but evidently younger than the Apostle Paul. In my mind, I kind of picture Timothy like a young seminarian, someone who has done some things in the ministry, but training, training for further ministry under the mentorship of Paul, his father in the Lord. This young seminarian, and it's not easy for a young man to prove himself, but this one has demonstrated his worth. You know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with the Father, he has served with me in the gospel. Paul says there's no one like him. Verse 20, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Again, he was part of the planting of the church at Philippi and is concerned about the church at Philippi and is concerned about the Apostle Paul. He's been away from Philippi. He's concerned about how they're doing. He has the heart of a pastor, the heart of a shepherd, and is concerned about God's people. He is a messenger. Verse 23, 
I hope to send him to you just as soon as I see how it will go with me. As Paul sees the outcome of his imprisonment, Timothy will be sent back as that one well-proven, his beloved son, to bring the news of what has happened to the Apostle Paul, to bring that news back to the people at Philippi. This model young man This model young servant of the gospel. This is the kind of man we want our sons to grow up to be. That's Timothy. This is the kind of man we want our daughters to marry. That's Timothy. That's the picture of this young man, this young seminarian type man, uh, working, laboring in God's kingdom. And then we have the other man. Verse 25, I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Now, this is someone else. And, and, and unlike Timothy, we don't read about Epaphroditus anywhere else but the book, the letter of Philippians. It does not appear that Epaphroditus was an ordained man, any type of official in the church. From what we know about Epaphroditus, he was just a a regular, ordinary man. Yet he was chosen by the church for a particular purpose. He was chosen by the church to bring a gift from Philippi to the Apostle Paul. He was not necessarily a theologian, but he was willing and he was able to complete that task. How does Paul describe him? I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother. My brother. He describes Timothy as his son in the Lord. He describes Epaphroditus a little differently. Still, still a close relationship, but he is my brother. I mean, I think about my own family. Uh, I, I regularly talk with my two older brothers. I have great affection for them, but it's a different type of affection than I have for my son. It's still a close relationship, but different different than a father and son relationship. I think of of some of my colleagues in the church. I have have a number of brothers in the Lord who serve in the Christian church, and I have great affection for them. But it's different. It's different than I have for my fathers in the faith. One of those fathers being our own Reverend Squeers, one of my mentors. And I have great affection for him, a close relationship. Paul says, Epaphroditus, my brother, my brother. He is described as a fellow worker. He is certainly laboring. He is described as a fellow soldier, one called to to, uh, keep the faith. And he also is a messenger. A messenger, however, from Philippi to the Apostle Paul. We're going to get here in a a couple weeks, but in in Philippians 4, verse 18, 
We read this, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Epaphroditus carried the gift. Philippi wanted to send a gift to the Apostle Paul. Who are we going to get to bring that gift to him? Well, the young seminarian is not available. He's already with the Apostle Paul. Uh, we need somebody else. We need somebody whose qualifications are he can carry a bag. He can bring something. He's someone who will be safe, someone who will be trustworthy, but not particularly skilled. Uh, no need to be a theologian, a regular, ordinary man. And, and it didn't go well for Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus, either on the trip or after he got to Paul with the gift, became sick. Look at verse 26. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill near to death. He caught something, some illness, some terrible illness, some long-lasting illness. Now, why do I say a long-lasting illness? Because it's about um, a six-week journey from Philippi to Rome for the news to get back that, that he'd been sick and then the news to get back to Paul that they're concerned that he's been sick takes a lot of time. So he's had this, this, this ongoing illness. They, uh, Philippi was concerned about him. Paul was concerned about Philippi's concern about him. So Epaphroditus was sent and... and, and and rather than being a comfort to Paul, ends up being something of a burden to Paul as he falls sick. And so Paul says, I thought it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus. Verse 28, I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. Paul is sending Epaphroditus back so they can rejoice that he has recovered, that he has done the task they gave him to do. He brought the gift. And Paul will rejoice when Epaphras is back at Philippi again. Receive him with joy, Paul says. It would have been easy for Epaphroditus to believe that he had failed. Oh, yes, he had brought the gift, but his sickness had been a concern for all, a concern for Paul, a concern for those who sent him. It would be easy for him to, to go back and, and really not announce his presence once again. Oh yes, he, he brought the bag, but it caused difficulties along the way. What does Paul say? He says, so receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ. Honor this one, Epaphroditus, the layman, the one who brought the bag, the one who carried the gift. Two men in this missionary report, two very different men. 
One, the missionary, qualified, training under the tutelage of the Apostle Paul, the young seminarian. One who was able to, even in sickness, make a trip and bring a gift. Two very different men. But yet one desire and one common mission. Each each serving the ministry of the gospel in their own way. Each using the gifts and talents God had given to them to serve Paul and to serve the ministry. What does he say in verse 21 or verse 20? Uh, For no one is like Timothy who will be generally concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Timothy's interests are for the sake of Christ, serving him and serving the gospel. That was his desire. That was his mission. What about Epaphroditus? Verse 30. He nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. He too, a very different man, but selflessly giving of himself, his time, his talents, for the sake of the gospel. That the gospel might continue and advance. Two very different men, but one common purpose, one mission. A reminder for us as we think about the work of the church today. God does not call everyone to the gospel ministry. God does not call every man to pursue that particular calling. Now I want to say to any young men who might be considering the gospel ministry, There is no more wonderful way to serve. It is a blessing to bring God's word to his people. Sometimes people will say to me, very, very well-meaning, very well-meaning, but they'll say, oh, I'm glad I don't have your job. I love my job. I absolutely love the privilege of studying God's Word all week and then bringing it to His people to declare again and again the glories of Jesus Christ. Young men, if you are considering the gospel ministry, it is a wonderful way to serve the Lord. But it is not the only way. It is not the only way. God gifts us all with different ways in which to serve Him and to serve His church and to serve the advancement of the gospel. We have different gifts and we have different talents. And some may seem uh, rather plain, uh, somewhat like Epaphroditus. I think about the work of encouragement. One of the wonderful ways to encourage the work of the gospel, particularly the work of missions, is to simply uh, write a note. I guess nowadays we would say send an email to a missionary, to a church planter, 
to encourage them in, in the work God has called them to do. Now, you don't have to have a seminary degree for that. You have to be able to type on a keyboard. That's a pretty basic skill. It's like carrying a bag, not a lot to do. Type on a keyboard and give a word of encouragement and a word of hope. God uses us all with different gifts and different talents for the ongoing work of the gospel ministry. I have the privilege of bringing you the gospel message Sunday after Sunday, but there are many who make that possible. There are those who are here turning on the lights, putting on the heat. There are those who are here running the sound. There are those who are here providing with music. There are those who are here keeping us safe. They're in the parking lot, just watching, make sure everything's okay while we're in here. There are many, many ways to serve. We just finished uh, in, the, in the council going through the various committees of the church, and I'm just, I'm overwhelmed at the many gifts God has given to this congregation, so many gifts, and so many willing to use those gifts. And they're all different, and they're all wonderful, and they're all necessary for the ongoing work of the ministry of the gospel. The church works together as the body of Christ that the gospel message might go out. Remember, that's been Paul's theme, the first part of this book, working together, having joy together, being a body together. And these two, these two men, these two very different men, as a picture, as a reminder that God uses different gifts and different talents, but the purpose is that the gospel may go out. That the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ who he is, what he has done, that we might hear again, Lord's Day after Lord's Day after Lord's Day, the call to faith, the call to put our trust not in ourselves, not in what we can do to save ourselves, but to put our trust only in Jesus Christ. I have the privilege of saying that, of calling you, but there are many that make that call possible. God calls us once again tonight. Put our faith in Jesus Christ. Put our trust in Him. Know the assurance of salvation He has accomplished. And know the joy. The joy of being part of His church. And whatever our gifts. And whatever our talents. Lay them before Jesus Christ. Submit our abilities, whether great or whether small, to Him that he might use them for the ongoing work of the spread of the gospel. Philippians chapter 2. Two men. Two very different men. One the young seminarian, one the guy who was there. But both committed to doing whatever they could to advance the ministry of the gospel. May we use our gifts, whatever they might be, for that same glorious purpose, that God might use the gospel declaration to continue to grow his church and to strengthen his kingdom. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for the ministry of the gospel, that your word goes forth week after week from our pulpit and from other pulpits, 
We thank you, O God, for those men who have committed themselves to declaring that truth. We pray for your blessing upon them. We pray you would raise up more. You would raise up more men who are willing and qualified to share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that for all of us, we might use whatever gifts, whatever talents, whatever abilities we have to serve you and to serve the ministry of the gospel, that your word might continue to go forth. We thank you for those who are Timothy. We thank you for those who are Epaphroditus. And we pray, O oh God, you would use us to bring glory to yourself. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen.